I am Dr. T. And I'm Grace. And this is our podcast, Mischievous Panda, where we discuss our lighthearted approach to discovering mindfulness and a vibrant lifestyle. Okay, so today we're going to talk about our early struggles, what's called the monkey mind, and also my helpful tips for progressing in your early meditation practice. I don't know about you, but what I often struggle with is figuring out how to control my thoughts during meditation. So we'll discuss how to be better um, about noting the thought and letting it pass. Exactly. Welcome back to our second episode of Mischievous Panda. I know, you know, in our first episode, we introduced you all to a little bit of ourselves and probably our, our somewhat quirky or hopefully interesting and fun um, approach to mindfulness. And I know we alluded a little bit to meditation and mindfulness meditation, and Dr. T shared some helpful tips on how to do that. But I think today we're, we're looking forward to diving in a little bit more around this concept of meditation. So today we're going to focus more on what do you do when you're meditation. Last time we talked more about, you know, how to get it going. But today we want to focus more on the misconceptions that are there, especially for people that are starting off and also pitfalls that we might run into, especially in the early stages. So everybody knows what meditation is kind of, just the basic guidelines Uh, You're going to find a place where you can sit comfortably or even lay down comfortably, whichever you prefer. And especially with mindfulness meditation, then you focus on your breath. You concentrate on the breath coming in, the breath leaving, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other part of it is, you know, is the thoughts, right? So what do you think about the, you know, the concept that you've been Uh, struggling with, especially in the early stages of meditation? Well, when I first got into meditation, it was back in high school when I subscribed to Yoga Magazine because I thought I wanted to be a yogi. And (laughs) to be part of that, I was like, oh, I have to meditate. And everything from the images in that magazine to pop culture, I guess the best way that they can illustrate it is that it's this beautiful blue sky. It's got these clouds that are white and fluffy and just flow past you with a gentle (laughs) breeze and you're floating, right? So there's this concept of you've got no other thoughts in your mind. You're clear, you're free, you're light. Exactly. And then the reality set in (laughs) with, no, when I'm doing this, all I see is the black because I've got my eyes closed and I definitely have thoughts coming in. And I think there's the, especially with Hollywood, you know, (laughs) the idea is that, you know, you're going to become, your thoughts are going to be so light that you're going to float, right? Yes, I kept waiting to float. (laughs) (laughs) But in reality, that's not exactly what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, you know, we find out that we have to be very comfortable with being silent and being alone with the thoughts that jumps into our mind, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where the concept of monkey mind comes in. 
um, it's the idea that you know you have this very agitated little creature, your subconscious, that's constantly throwing you thoughts, and you're being taken on a ride with these thoughts. Mm-hmm. They're constantly, you know, popping in and out like you know, hundred <laughs> miles per hour. You get you hop on on one of these thoughts, it take you down a path, and then seamlessly you're jumping onto another thought, and before you know it, you're distracted and you 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 lose sight of your goal. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, when you first said monkey mind, I was imagining a really adorable, like furry monkey. <laughs> uh, but the concept of it kind of rampaging through my mind and it's, wreaking havoc is, I think, the key more, point there. This little furry little creature is more agitated than doing a lot of destructive things in your mind. <laughs> yep. And part of meditation is to understand that this creature exists. And you need to tame this creature to be able to get the most out of everything from your, especially from your meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're essentially building habits that are designed for you to tame your mind, so you could focus on the things that actually matters that's in front of you right now, rather than spending hours or even days lost in some type of narrative of a storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, of one of these thoughts mm-hmm. this idea that you know distraction is nice because it keeps us from thinking about all the chaos that's going around us but this distraction especially if you're distracted with something that's very negative especially in a setting of a pandemic you know this could lead to a dis- destructibility mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sense right mm-hmm. is uh is destructibility through distraction <laughs> so, you know, if you get lost in one of these things, you know, you could easily forget things that you need to get done. Mm-hmm. It could put you in an anxious state that, you know, you're having anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could lead to high blood pressure. It could lead to bad habits, like bad eating habits, I especially. Mean, it could even be demotivating, right? Yes. Just because you're not feeling in a great space yes, without exactly. realizing it. So. Meditation is actually is an exercise that's designed for you to tame this monkey mind mm-hmm. uh, so that you could build a habit of mm-hmm. awakening from this narrative of these thoughts that comes into your mind and you don't get lost in the storyline of these thoughts. So basically, you know, what we're doing when you're meditating is that you're recognizing these thoughts appearing and you're detaching from the storyline of this thought so that these thoughts could pass and you could stay in the present moment. So we're focusing on the on the breath, but at the same time you're saying, okay, I'm thinking, this is a thought, I'm bringing myself back to the breath. Mm-hmm. That's essentially the practice of meditation, especially mindfulness meditation. Mm-hmm. There are other meditations, obviously, there's guided meditations, there's transcendental meditations, but the one that we're focusing on today is the mindfulness meditation. So I think it's always interesting in concept, right? Like that's something that I'm striving toward is wanting to be more cognizant and have a little bit more control in terms of where I'm spending my time and my energy and not necessarily wasting it on things that I can't control. But at the same time, you know, I do have that monkey in my mind, right, where sometimes I don't even notice it, especially I think in this day and age with social media 
and the ability to mindlessly scroll and where you're constantly inundated with data or information. Mm -hmm. Like I just think about this past Friday um, toward the end of the workday and when the news broke about RBG passing away, um, I could not control my mind. I have to be honest. I struggled with focusing on toward the end of the workday, a mm -hmm. few things that I wanted to get done before the end of the week so that I could relax during the weekend. And yet constantly without realizing it, my mind would by default go to processing the news about yeah. RBG's passing. So given that situation, even knowing that I wanted to be mindful, even knowing that I've been practicing meditation and control of my thoughts, I still struggled with it. So what are some ways with which maybe I could have gotten out of that? The thing is, you know, especially with social media, mm -hmm. we are constantly on our apps, whether it's Instagram, whether it's YouTube, whether it's TikTok or yep. Facebook. We have all these feeds that are designed to distract us. The, the whole goal is to keep you distracted almost mindlessly so that you stay on that topic. And oftentimes they do this by, you know, eliciting a lot of um, emotions in us mm -hmm. and so that we forget where we are and what we need to get done, right? Mm -hmm. So in many ways, they have built a habit for us where we get distracted easily. There's times where... You know, I constantly will reach my phone when I'm actually not actively using it to look for something. I'll just do it because it's in front of us. It's almost a habit, right? Mm -hmm. So It's definitely a habit. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> meditation is basically a habit designed so that you realize that you're doing something like this. Also, mm -hmm. when you're distracted for you to detach from the distraction. So that you awaken to the present. In the idea of you know, mindfulness is that you're aware that you're thinking. If I had to simplify mindfulness into like you know, a word simplification, mm -hmm. it's the idea that you know you're thinking about thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but you're being aware of it. You're doing mm -hmm. it in a mindful way that so that you're not getting lost mindlessly. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I came up with for myself to understand how to do this and also to understand concepts behind some of these abstract ideas. And what I designed, exercise where I do a visualization. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's easy for me to say, okay, you're having a thought, now detach from that thought. Don't get lost in that storyline, right? Mm -hmm. But how do you do that, right? Mm -hmm. So it can be a very abstract concept, for, especially for people that are starting off, right? Mm -hmm. Some, sometimes you find that those thoughts are really hard to get rid of, right? Mm -hmm. In science, we like to build these models around these abstract concepts, models designed to help explain those mm -hmm. as well as um, use it mm -hmm. to do things that we like to do. For the record, us people in business also do this, but we typically call them frameworks or methodologies. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> So the framework that I built for myself was that, you know, this was when I was in New York, when I was doing my undergrad, not undergrad, the earlier years of medical school. You know, the concept was that I'm standing on a subway station platform. 
there's constantly trains coming and going. So these trains are essentially thoughts. They're thoughts generated by my subconscious that are being presented to me on this platform. Mm-hmm. And these trains, you know, their doors open up and I hop on the train, right? Mm-hmm. And then this train take me on a ride, right? Mm-hmm. This ride is essentially the storyline. It's mm-hmm. the narrative uh, of the thought that you just had. Mm-hmm. So it's a, the two concepts are connected. There's a train, there's idea. There's a storyline, there's a ride, right? Mm-hmm. The idea is that, you know, these trains presented to you, you, you may hop on it, you may not. The idea is that, you know, when even if you're hopped on it, you could get back onto the train platform. So would a good example maybe be, for example, if I were meditating and I had a thought of I'm hungry, that's the thought, that's the train. And then the storyline would be, what do I want for dinner? What do I have in the fridge? What recipes do I want to try? That would be then the train ride. Exactly. Okay. So the idea is that, you know, you have we build this construct, this framework, so that you recognize that and you could uh, walk away from that. Mm -hmm. So the concept of the train ride is that, you know, you could at any time open those doors and you could step back onto the platform where your body is, where your presence is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the platform is the current moment, mm-hmm. right? So before we go further, one question I have is, does by virtue of just visualizing this train station or, or this platform, does that still qualify as meditation? Like that's also thinking, right? Yes. And, you know, I would say a lot of the experienced meditators might call this blasphemy. But the idea is that, you know, you know, this is, just going backwards a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I say you could open that door, step back onto the present, mm-hmm. that's your return to the present. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what I would say is that, you know, wake up and realize that you're lost in a storyline. Visualize those doors opening. Mm-hmm. Then you stepping back onto your own body in mm-hmm. the platform. Taking a deep breath. The breath coming into your nostrils, especially the early part of the nose, where there's a lot of nerve endings. Feel that cold air coming in, brushing through. Mm -hmm. Feel your chest or your abdomen rising Mm -hmm. from the breath. It's almost stretching. And feel that stretch as you are returning back to normal as you exhale. And the breath, the warm air coming out. Mm. And then... You know, what you did was this visualization exercise is that once you awaken, you visualize exercise concept brings you back to your breath. So in many ways, you're coming back to the meditation, mindfulness meditation. You're consciously coming back to it. It's basically using this visualization model, this ability to kind of use that train to help bring you back and refocus it's, it's almost like an escape button for you to return back to your meditation practice. I like the concept present. of an escape button. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and again, like, you know, you don't need to do this, but it's an idea, especially if you're having struggling uh, detaching from your thoughts mm-hmm. to get back to the present moment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes, you know, these thoughts can be 
nagging to the point where it's really hard for you to do that. And partly it's because that thought is very fresh in your mind still. Mm-hmm. And thoughts are like waves. They come, they rise, they peak, and they go away, right? Mm-hmm. Some thoughts might take longer to go away. So what I do is, you know, after visualizing getting back into my body, that first breath, I would count my exhales. Now you could count inhales and exhales, but I found counting exhales a little bit more easier for me, especially because it doesn't introduce a new thought to my process while <laughs> I count, when I'm counting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that counting the exhales were less likely to do that. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is the air comes in, I could feel it coming through my nostrils, I could feel my abdomen expanding. And as I exhale, I say one. And then second breath comes in, goes through my nose again, and I feel it, and I feel the abdomen rising, expanding, stretching, and then slowly collapsing. And I say two. Mm-hmm. And I do this about five to ten times. Mm-hmm. I typically find that going beyond ten uh, requires a little bit more effort, mm-hmm. and it leads to more distractibility, uh, more thoughts to pop in. So I just reset my count at 10. And sometimes, you know, five count, sometimes a 10 count will take enough time away from that train that that train would have passed away mm-hmm. or passed along. <laughs> and you're now back to your, your present moment and you're focusing on your breath. Mm-hmm. Doesn't by virtue, though, but of counting and thinking about the breath, isn't that also then thinking Yes. So it's okay for you to have this narration, especially when you're focusing that, you know, oh, I'm focusing on my breath. I'm focusing on the inhale. I'm focusing on the exhale. I'm counting one, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like a narration of what you're focusing on. Yeah. Right. And what you should be doing is focusing, you know, it's okay to have that, but try to focus more on the sensation side of things. This bodily sensation as you feel as the air coming in, and especially in the nostrils, as it's brushing through your nose, mm. as the stretch of your abdomen, as the as the your diaphragm basically um, expands, mm-hmm. right? So the idea is that, you know, when you're doing this concept, you're focusing on the bodily sensations rather than the narration. And eventually you will notice that that narration will go on in the background, but you focus becomes a lot easier to focus on the bodily sensation. Mm. I think I really like this last tip just because it, I think, helps to center for those of us um, out there that are like me, where I very much so am in my mind and always more focused on the thinking part of it. I think the way that you describe the breath is much more sensory. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a good reminder that it's more that feeling side of it. Yes. Um, is the important part. It's the sensation. Of yeah. It. The sensation of the that stimulus air coming itself. in. The, exactly. And as you advance in your meditation practice, there'll be times where you will focus on other things that are sensations in your body. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of meditation practices where you focus on the sensation, like body scans where you're scanning through sensations in your body. Mm-hmm. So it's in many ways, mindfulness is not necessarily about just the breath. 
It's just being aware of your body as it is in the current moment mm. and not relying on a narration. I'm really wishing I had known this and had this at my disposal on Friday when I was so distracted. But I think this gives a lot of kind of opportunity to, in the future, when I run into this, have this as a tool in my toolbox. Exactly. So having these little things will help you improve your meditation practice and also keep doing it. Again, like with any habit, more practice you have, especially in the early in the beginning, <laughs> it's, it's more opportunity for you to build up that mindfulness muscle, basically. <laughs> so you could think of it as early on, you could do a lot of growth because you get a lot more practice, mm-hmm. right? So try to, with good expectations, positive expectations and positive mind frame about, you know, your early struggles so that you could continue on. You know, only bad meditation is the one that you don't do. (laughs) If you're able to sit down and you're distracted the whole time, you still work down, sitting down and focusing on it, right? Mm -hmm. More you do it, more practice you, you get with this, more effortless it becomes. Practice doesn't make perfect, practice make it effortless. That's how I like to think about it. Yes, yes. I almost feel like you're my internal voice where um, it's kind of like you have to be consistent and there's no shortcut. So unfortunately, I can't grow muscles or lean up without exercising. And in the same way, I won't see the benefits of meditation without consistent practice. Exactly. More practice you have, the better it is. Closing thoughts. So experienced mindfulness practitioner will find this nothing more than amusing. (laughs) (laughs) But for those early practitioners who are just uh, starting off. Like me. Yes. (laughs) Like you. You'll find that this is a little bit more designed for you. So the goal of any meditation practice, especially early on, is to build a habit of basically waking yourself up from the storyline of thoughts that comes into your mind randomly. And sooner you do it, the better you get. So your whole goal is to wake up sooner and sooner to the point where you realize when the thought comes in that you don't hop on to the storyline, the narrative of that thought. Mm-hmm. And you will understand that a lot of the thoughts that comes into your mind, they are basically transient. They're like waves in the ocean that comes and goes. So when you practice meditation, you will realize and you will also experience that everything that comes in, that is put in front of your plate, you don't have to eat, essentially. (laughs) And more you do this, more effortless it becomes. And the mind can be an abstract place. So if you need to build a a framework for you to get your mind around it, or you want to use the framework that I presented, you could use that. You could, you know, use the thought process behind it to build your own version of it, whatever that helps you so that you could progress in your own practice. 
Next week, we'll continue our exploration of mindfulness by discussing the concepts contained in Dan Harris's book, 10% Happier. The skeptic in me is looking forward to digging into some of these meaty topics. So if this discussion was fun for you to listen to, and we hope it was because we had fun geeking out, then we also hope that you'll stick around and geek out with us in future episodes. You can follow us at mischievouspanda.org for the latest and greatest content. 